0: Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast. Hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the Building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Good morning. My name is Pastor Raquel, and, uh, and I get the, the privilege... It uh, really is a privilege to be up here this morning and to share what the Lord has put on my heart. And, um, and to be honest, I really struggled with sharing uh, this morning. Uh, if, if you don't know, my husband is Pastor Donald. He's the teaching pastor of the church and so I was so tempted to just tap him in and just say, hey, you go. This is easy for you. This is your gift, it's easy, go ahead and go. But I didn't want to miss out on being a part Amen. of what God is doing in the body, and I'm a part of that. Amen. Amen. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much, God. I thank you, Lord, for your presence this morning. God, we thank you, Lord, that you are God of all. You are God and Lord over all. And so, Lord, I thank you, Father, for your love this morning. I thank you, Lord, for bringing us all here this morning to be together. God, you've called us, Lord, to the body of Christ. You've called us, Lord, to be partakers of the body of Christ. And so, Lord, I thank you that we're not alone. <laughs> this morning, I thank you, Lord, for the reminder to us that we're not alone. Though some of us may be feeling like we're alone, the reminder today is that we're not that we have you with us, God, and that the work that you're doing, Lord, it's a work, God, that you set and plan in motion long before we were even born. And so, Father, I thank you for every single person in this, in this, in the house of God, Lord. Lord, I thank you and I pray that they hear you say they belong, they belong, they belong. That there is a plan. They belong. That there is a purpose. They belong. And I thank you for the gift of the gifts of God, Lord. You say that they're. It, it, uh, irrevocable that God, that the gifts of God are, are, are good and that you give them to your children and so Lord I thank you this morning Lord for every gift in this room this morning let every gift in this house bring you glory bring you glory in Jesus name, Amen well a few weeks ago Pastor Donald introduced the Hope Quotient series and we're continuing on with it this morning Um, However, I'm adjusting it this morning. Can I just be sincere and authentic? Thank you. (laughs) So this morning, I want you to picture with me that we're we're all sitting at the Lord's table, that we're all in the house of the Lord. We are. We're all sitting at his table together because we're in discipleship. We're all in discipleship. Just because I'm up here doesn't mean that I'm more qualified than you. It means we're all in discipleship. And so I'm going to be authentic and I'm going to be sincere. And I'm going to share this word that I prayed for. And that I believe will free you and encourage you in hope. And so to be honest, we're doing this Hope Quotient, this series. If you haven't, if you haven't bought this book, I encourage you to... To buy it, this book is so encouraging. Ray Johnson is a pastor um, who wrote this book, and this is a, a, a book that our teaching pastor had had the pastors to um, study, and he signed us chapters to preach on, and and so these the two chapters that I got were very difficult for me. To be honest, I I, I wanted to call on the other people that I know that I'm connected to and say, hey, you can do this. You're better at it than me. (laughs) And so my chapter was to play to your strengths, where you find your spiritual gifts, where you find what your spiritual gifts are, and then you build your entire life around them, and anything else would take you down the road of misery. That That was my chapter. But if I can be honest, Most people wouldn't know that me being here and standing here right now is such a struggle for me. To speak in front of people is a struggle for me. Can I be real? (laughs) It can feel hard doing what you're not good at. It can feel unnatural developing what you're weak at. It can feel defeating doing what others are great at. I'm just saying... (laughs) You wouldn't know how terrifying this is for me. A gift is natural, right? It's, it's supposed to be easy, right? Like somebody who encourages another person and you watch them, you're like, man, you're great at encouraging. That's your gift. You see somebody who's a preacher. You see Pastor John and Pastor Kaya and Pastor Donald and Jenny and t You see all our, the people in, in our house that preach and you're like, man, look at them. They got the gift of preaching, man, they're good at their gift. Well, I'm far from excited. <laughs> uh, not energized at all being up here right now. And when I'm scheduled on the preaching schedule, people already know, you know who you are who schedules the preaching schedule. I won't call your name out. But you know who you are, and you know when you look at me, you know my look. I wrestle immensely wrestle immensely. With am I called to this? I don't communicate like those who are up here every Sunday. I feel like the weakest one of all. Like the most terrible. I don't feel encouraged. I feel intimidated, small, and insignificant compared to everyone else. There I said it. There it is. You're welcome. But if you only knew that my prayer was Jesus... Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Do not banish me from your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. But restore unto me the joy of your salvation. And make me willing to obey you. If you only knew that that was my cry this whole week, and that's all I had for this whole message. (laughs) was Jesus, give me your heart. And so, I prayed that my faith would not fail. And so this morning, my prayer for the Building Christian Fellowship, actually not this morning, this whole week, has been that your faith would not fail. And that each of you would take heart in God's plan for the life that you've been given. It's a plan for your life, whether you're in the house of God or you're not, whether you're in this building or not, God has a plan. Pastor Patricia from the building, Christ, from, from, the, from Liberty Church came last week and gave such an encouraging word. Were you here last week? Yeah. yeah, could you clap for that? Man, we needed that word. That was the word that she released and spoke prophetically to the body, to our body. And the thing that she said that I'm holding on to was look what the Lord has done. Look at the, there is a God. There is a God and there is no other God, and I want to encourage you this morning that we have a God, we serve a mighty God, and he has a plan for your life, and that includes the gifts that he's placed in you. So be of great courage. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might this morning. I'm talking to you youth. I'm talking to you young adults. I'm talking to you that are mature in the faith. I'm talking to all of you that are here listening, that you have a call of God, you have, a, you have the gifts of God on the inside of you because it's part of the plan of God. Amen? Amen? So it's going to take a mind for the Lord. It's going to take a mind for the Lord. So if you could right now just put on the mind of the Lord. Let's just do that right now. It's okay. You don't look silly. Putting on the mind of the Lord. Come on, look at your person next to you and say, put on the mind of the Lord. Put on the mind of the Lord. Come on, if you have to do, I'm putting on the mind of the Lord. You guys get a taste of what I was like in my bedroom? I was like, <laughs> putting on the mind of the Lord. My kids knocked on my door, and I opened it, and they started laughing. They're like, what are you doing? Because I had tissue in my ears. Because so I was like, I'm listening to the Lord, and I don't want to hear any distractions, and you all are making noises. <laughs> putting on the mind of the Lord. So it's going to take putting on the mind of the Lord to press past what preconceived ideas you and I have about how he wants to use the gifts he's given you. It's going to take that. Romans 12, 6 says in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So write this down. God has given me gifts for his purpose and his glory. Write that down. If you have to put that in your bathroom, in your mirror, if you have to put that in your car, if you have to put that in your kitchen, in your living room, before you walk into your kids' rooms. God has given me my gifts for his purpose and glory. And then I want you to look at the person next to you and say, discovering my God-given gifts is up to me. Look at the person next to you. I know it's awkward. I know, come on, we're... Come on, we're all family. Look at the person next to you. If it's your spouse, and you all were going tit for tat this morning, it's okay. This is going to break that up. Look at them and say, discovering my God-given gifts is up to me. And now I want you to say it to yourself. Say this to yourself out loud. Discovering my God-given gifts is up to me. Come on. Come on, body. Come on. Discovering my God-given gifts is up to me. Amen. 1 Corinthians 12:4 through 6 says, "Now there are distinctive varieties of spiritual gifts, special abilities given by the grace and the extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit operating in you." Yeah. And it is the same Spirit who grants them and empowers you. And there are distinctive varieties of ministries and services but it is the same Lord excuse me, who is served? Amen. Are there distinctive ways of working to accomplish things? Yes. And that is the same God. And He produces all things in all believers to inspire, to energize and to empower them. Amen. Amen. Here's the thing about purpose. You discover your gift. By using and exercising them. And so for right now, that's what I'm doing. I'm over here doing my exercise. For the Lord. And identity comes by being with the Lord, but purpose comes by doing the will of God. Identity comes by being with the Lord, but purpose comes by doing the will of God. God definitely has a plan for you, for me, but it's going to take our effort going to take our effort. It's going to take initiative. Why? Because you can't steer a parked car. Can't. I remember Pastor Kaya. She had asked me, oh, hey, Pastor Kaya. Hey, Pastor John. I know they're listening. You know they're watching. You know they watch every Sunday. We miss them immensely. We miss them so much. I can't wait till our parents come home. I can't wait till our pastors come home. Amen. But I remember Pastor Kaya um, she had asked me to speak. I'm not going to say when, because then some of you in here would know when that time was. She asked me to speak, and, and I did not do it all in faith. And so I was going to say a little disobedient, but you, there's no little disobedient. You're either obedient or you're not. And so I was disobedient. And so it messed with me. It really messed with me because I didn't come up and I didn't do uh, what I was supposed to do, I was fearful. And I had a panic attack before I came up. And I never experienced that. And so because of that, I let that steer me from doing what God had opened the door for me to do in faith. So I remember afterwards, you got to love people in your life who will shoot you straight. you got to have some people in your corner. Just side note, you got to have people in your corner who love you enough to tell you the truth. And so that is Pastor Kaya. And so uh, she said, it's like... You wait for God to roll out the red carpet for you. It's like every time you're asked to do something, it's like you're waiting for God to roll out the red carpet for you. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm waiting for him to roll it out because then I'll know what to do. And she's like, mm, that's not how it works. <laughs> she didn't say it like that, but that's how I heard it. And so in my mind, the way it works, right, when we're supposed to use our God-given gifts, it's supposed to work like this. Jesus, use me. Okay. All right, daughter. Walk through that door. Turn around the corner. You're going to see a journal. On that journal, on page five, write Jesus loves you. Close that journal. Put it back. And then the person that owns that journal is going to come get it. And I'm going to speak to them. And they're going to know that I love them. That's how gifts work in my mind. It doesn't work like that. That's not how work, work, uh, uh, operating in the gifts of God work. You can't steer a parked car. It's going to take my faith. It's going to take initiative. It's going to take my will to do it and do it as unto the Lord. Amen. It's going to take me stepping into a place that I'm uncomfortable with, that I'm unfamiliar with and saying, I get to do this. And if I make a mistake, I got a funny story to tell. That's what it is. It's it's not like, oh, man, I messed up. Yep, not doing that again. That's worldly thinking. Worldly thinking has crept into the church and has brought shame and has brought discouragement and said, yeah, you're not good at that. I can see for myself right now. I got 20-20 vision. You're up here talking. That's not your gift. God says, that he's placed eternity in the hearts of men. And that is for that is an unseen thing. That is not something that we can see for face value all the time. That's something that is hidden. That's something that we would see that our spiritual-minded would see. I mean, think about it. When you see a baby or a child, just because you don't see them operating in the gifts yet that they will eventually be operating in, you don't tell them when they're one or two, you're not a speaker. You're not an intercessor. You can't pray. You're not because all they're doing is babbling because they're one or two. Right? Right? But see, we have to have the mind of Christ. Put on the mind of Christ. When it comes to operating in your yes, whatever that may be. All of us have felt or thought at one time or another that if I have less and someone has more, That means I'm not good enough. And that's not the truth. The enemy is a liar. He's a liar. The word says that we are not to lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, our inner man is being renewed day by day. And we're living in this fallen nature. And this fallen nature, what it does is it comes and it says, you're not good enough. You're not supposed to be doing this. See, look, this other person over here just said, yeah, you suck. Yeah, you're not supposed to be doing it. But how many times do you ask someone who's spiritually minded about the gifts and the call on your life? How many times? I I went ahead and did this this week. I sent out a text to some of the closest people in my life, just a few, because I didn't want to be shot up. I didn't want to be walking around just all just a mess because I already felt like I was a mess. But I asked the people, I said, I want your truth. I want your your honest truth. These are people that are spiritually minded. These are people that I can trust, that love God, and that are growing in the things of God and are doing things in the, in the, in the things of God. These aren't people that are stagnant or people that are doubters or people that are um, wondering if God loves them or if they're even called. I called people who are operating in authority, people who love the people of God, people who love the church. And I said, hey, what do you think my gifts are? And what do you think my gift isn't? Yeah, I did that. And so I got some responses, and I thought they were very interesting. Because I won't share what everyone said, but although I know you guys would love to hear, but I, I won't share it all. But I was pretty surprised because some of the things that people saw in me, I didn't see. And some of the things that they saw in me, I did see. And I was like, well, that's a gift? That's easy. Like, everyone does that. No. The gift of mercy? I have it. Donald doesn't. (laughs) I love my husband. I love my husband. I love my husband. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but I have the gift of mercy. And, um, and he would say, he, he told me years, years ago, he's like, man, you have such a strong gift of empathy. But as I was studying the word of God, I was learning, okay, that's tied to mercy. Like, I, I have the gift of mercy. It oozes out of me. Like, I'm like, oh, oh, we gotta, oh, look, look, look. We gotta take care of that, we gotta help. I gotta pray, I gotta do something. Like, I'm merciful, I care. And it's hard to shake it off. Compassion's tied to that. So, we're living in this fallen nature, so guess what? It's going to take putting on the new man to do what God has, has given you permission to do to discover your gifts. It's going to take putting on the new nature, the new man, to try different things, different activities. Maybe, you know, maybe um, uh, working with the children is easy for you, but maybe greeting people you'd rather not. Because it's easier to talk to children than it is to adults. I'm speaking from experience. I'm just saying, like, if we only did what was easy, like, where would we be growing? We'd be a weak church if all we did was what we did was easy. So discovering my God-given gifts is up to me. Say that. For the sake of context, 1 Corinthians chapters, 1, 12, chapters 12 through 14 talks about our spiritual gifts. You should take some time and study and go over those chapters. And if you have any questions, you can ask our teaching pastor, Pastor Donald. (laughs) We are gifted according to the grace of God in a variety of ways in the following areas. So there are gifts, there are guiding gifts, guiding gifts. So these are what make things happen. These guiding gifts, they make things happen. And this is our pastors, our teachers, our apostles, our leaders, administration. And then we have those that are influencing gifts. Those are communicating God's word. Those are evangelism, teaching, preaching, prophecy. Then there are uh, fellowship gifts. These are uh, people that care for God's people. Mercy, pastoring, hospitality, healing, encouragement, exhortation. These are gifts that are, they're, they're gifts that are task gifts. And these are support to God's work. And they're helps, giving, craftsmanship. Sister Margo intercession, Sister Margo again, but (laughs) these are gifts that God has given us. There are supporting gifts. These are gifts that complement other gifts, and that is wisdom, knowledge, discernment, faith, tongues, miracle. I encourage you to open up your word and read 1 Corinthians chapters 12 through 14 and study and ask the Lord, God, what is my gift? God, what gift do you have for me? And then ask those that you are connected with, that are spiritually minded, what they think your gifts are, and get to work. Amen. The greatest thing about discovering and developing your gift is that it frees you to be you. Discovering and finding out what you're drawn to is something that God invites you to do with him. You can't steer a parked car. And God's not going to roll out the red carpet for you. I know. Get a tissue. I know. Listen, there's movement ahead, and God wants you to step into what's next. And stepping into what's next is an invitation that God says, come, daughter, come, son. I want you to discover with me what I want to do through you. You're a part of a much bigger plan. Listen, I watch my son play football, Jericho, and I'm still learning the game of football, but I notice when the ball is thrown to the person that catches it, don't know what position that is, but they catch the ball and then they make the run and they make the goal, right? It's a touchdown, yeah. <laughs> but I'm looking, I'm looking for the person that threw the ball to the person that caught it, that ran, and got the goal. I'm looking at, I'm like, who, who threw that ball? Because that's who we need, to be, we need to be cheering for, is the person who threw the ball. The person who caught it, yeah, awesome, they made a goal, but who threw the ball? So I'm like, everyone's like, yeah, number three, threw the ball. I'm like, where's 19? 19 threw the ball. That's what the gifts of God are. We we tend, because of our fallen nature, we tend to look at the big things, but we're missing out on how God used A, B, C, D, E, F, G to get to where it is we're going. There's a bigger plan. It's not a bite-sized plan. We heard that this Sunday. It's a bigger plan. And God is using you to do that. If you're a stay-at-home mom, you're a part of a bigger plan. You're a part of a bigger plan. If you're homeschooling, you're a part of a bigger plan. You may feel like you're not seen. You may not be pulled up to the boss's office and given uh, an evaluation every year so you can know how you're doing. But Jesus sees your work. And it's for his eyes only. And one day those children will turn around and bless you. Will bless you. It's an unseen work. Man, if we could only be the body that loves the unseen work, like the people that clean the church. Man, who cleaned the church? Yes. Let me go give you a hug. Let me thank you. Man, who's over here um, taking care of the children? Man, let me, can we help you? Can we sign up and be a part of the children's ministry? Like, if we could be that type of people, that is a godly type of people. Yes. Yeah. But instead, we look at the people that are on the platform, yeah. Yeah. and we, we lend our ears to them. And we're like, that was a good word. Good job. It was a good word. Yeah, did you hear so-and-so? They preached a good word, man. You need to go to that church. They're preaching. All the while, you're not doing nothing. All the while, we're missing out on your gifts. Because you've heard the enemy say that you're not good enough. And inside your heart, you've made an inner vow to that. And that's not the truth. You know, I remember Abraham and Sarah, right? At the time, God had given Abraham a promise, and He told him that He was going to have a son. And they were well, well old in age. And you know, Sarah, his wife, she laughed. She wasn't even near the man of God that said this to Abraham, but the Lord heard, and He said, "I heard your laugh." She said, "I didn't laugh." (laughs) There was an inner vow in her. Before they had been praying too. They'd been praying for a child. They wanted, they wanted children. Back then, it was a great inheritance to have children. Nowadays, it's like, I don't want none, but that's a whole other message. But back then, they were like, man, the more children we had, the more, the more rich we are. And so she laughed, and so what that shows me is that there are some inner in me that I'm mocking God, or that I've said, no, God, you can't use me, or that ain't me. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're going to think, these people are going to just... Yeah, this, and this, and that, and this, and that. So listen, you have to discover, decide, develop, and deploy. These are four steps in the book. You can get the book, and you can read it. But you got to discover, decide, develop, and deploy. It's a really good book. The chapters aren't long. On September 17, 2019... Daw and I were ordained pastors of the Building Christian Fellowship, and it was on Don's birthday, that's why I remember it. And I'll never forget that day, because up until that point, I had prayed and prayed and prayed to have the heart to be the mom that I am to Ivy, Jericho, Wisdom, and Ramah because it didn't come easy for me. And I had, had a heart to pray to be the wife that God wanted me to be for my husband. And it wasn't easy for me. And so I had prayed for years, years, years. And so I had that heart, man. You, you want to talk to me about family, come talk to me, come see me because I will talk to you about family. Because for years... For years I prayed to God to give me the heart. God, let me call out their treasures. God, let me see them the way that you do. God, I pray, Lord, that they would do more and greater things than doll and I. God, reshape my, my, my mind frame. God, unparent me. God, teach me, help me unlearn the things that I've learned that are not for Ivy, Jericho, Wisdom, and Raina. God, give me your heart. Let me speak those things that are not as though they are. God, this is my mission. This is what I'm on. God, let me do it. And then so we were ordained to be pastors and I didn't have a heart to be a pastor if I could just be real. So I knew I knew that I needed to come to the Lord and say, God, give me your heart. Give me the heart that you've given Pastor John and Kaya. The same heart you've given our shepherds, give me that heart. Teach me how to love your people. Teach me, God, how to surrender my life for you. And when I prayed that prayer, I didn't know that the gifts and the abilities the Lord would bring out of me. I only had a heart for my family, but now I have a heart for God and I have a heart for his church and his people. Amen. Guess what? I love you guys. You are like, I really love you guys. You guys will pop in my head. And I'll just start to pray for you and your family. You guys, your kids pop in my head and I start to pray for your children. And in that moment, I'm just rejoicing. Like, God, you've answered my prayer. You've given me a heart for your people. I've come to learn that your gifting is not your identity. What you do for God is not the same as being with him. Your gifting is not your identity. We got it twisted We think that our gifting is our identity and our gifting is not our identity. What we do for God is not the same as being with him. Being with God will outlast any gift you have. Listen, the gifts of God are without repentance. But the gifts of God can change. You can do something in one season and the next not do it anymore. And oh no, what happens to your identity? Some people fall into a crisis. Some people are like, man, I I don't know what I'm doing here. Because our identity was never tied to being with Jesus, to being in communion with him. Instead, it was in the gifts and the abilities and the talents that they were doing. Doing and being are two separate things, but they both give glory to God. The gifts of God are for the edifying of the body, not your identity. The gifts of God are for edifying the body, not your identity. There are seasons where you and I will work for the Lord in whatever capacity that gift is and we've said, that we've said yes to. And the gift is being used by the Lord in that capacity. And then it might come to an end. And when it comes to an end, what then? What then? Do you panic? Do you call people and say, hey, what am I supposed to do? No, we go to the Lord and we say, okay, Lord, what's next? What's next, Lord? What do you want me to do? Speak to me, Lord, and I'll do it willingly. Refuse to go it alone. Listen, if you were good at everything, what place would you have left for someone else's gift? What place? When God created you, he never created you to do it alone. Because of hurt and unrenewed thinking, many people in the church walk away from support. Well, I want to administer hope to you. We have growth groups. And growth groups is a great way for you to discover your gifts. It's a great way for you to get involved and to grow along with the community of God. You don't have to go it alone. Listen, we were created for community, and it's going to require your effort to find these types of relationships to support you in your God-given gift. Again, read this book. These are the five different relationships. I'm just going to pinpoint and read them. You have to have vision casters. These are people who will give you a vision for who you can be far beyond anything you could ever imagine. Those are vision casters. You gotta have soul sharpeners. They won't let you settle for second best. You gotta have models and mentors. These are people that Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. You gotta have heart healers. We are better, we are in emotional better state when we have heart healers in our circle. There will be times when we suffer from heart heartache, brokenness, cynicalness, hard hard hearts, and discouragement. We need heart healers, and then we need tail kickers. Tail kickers love us enough to tell us the truth. Yeah. I know I have all five in my circle. I have all five in my circle for sure. But as I close, I want to encourage you this morning. That there's a place for you. You are in the right place right now. And there is a place for you in the body of Christ. You belong here. God has put his gifts in you. And you can do this. You can be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. This morning I want to open up the altars. Because I believe that the Lord wants to give you a moment with him that will forever change the course of your life this morning. I believe because of faith right now, because I've prayed, and I've prayed that we would step into a place of faith, that the altars are open for you to come and meet your Savior and for him to come and usher healing and encouragement and to give you the gifts and the call that he's given you. Some of you in here have been asking or want to know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you want to speak in tongues. Well, the altar's here. God God has given his invitation this morning for his church to come and spend some time with you and him and to get prayer for. Listen, the devil thought he had you. He thought he had you. That you would believe that just because it's hard and difficult, you've lost. That you're not where you're supposed to be. He wants you to believe that just because it doesn't feel right, it doesn't look right, that you're not where you're supposed to be. But I want you to know that God has a plan. He has a plan for your marriage. He has a plan for your family. Just because it's hard and it requires you getting on your knees and calling out to him and getting his vision and getting his heart does not mean that you're not supposed to do it. Listen, the pain is a foretelling. It's a foretelling that this not, it's not a pocket-sized plan for your life. The pain, the uncomfortability, the discomfort means that God has a bigger plan. That's all it is. Like, you feel the pain, you feel uncomfortable. Oh, God, that's telling me that you have something greater. Even Christ had to suffer for his God-given gift. Christ suffered for his God-given gift. And what that what gift was that? That was the gift of salvation. That was so we could all be saved. Christ suffered for his gift for us. How much more should we get the privilege and the honor to suffer with our Savior? How much more we're invited into this abundant, amazing walk with him of grace and mercy and salvation? Man, he's calling you. He's calling you to say yes. He's calling you to step up and be of good courage and be strong in the Lord because the Lord is mighty and he's great. The Lord has a plan. Listen. Insignificance. Insecurities. Inferiority all of those things happen and take place in our life when we're not spending adequate time with the Lord. When we spend time with Jesus, we're renewed in our thinking. We have hearts that are changed and that lasts. We become new creatures in Christ. And so if we could dim the lights this morning, I want to open up the altars and I want to ask you um, intercessors of the Building Christian Fellowship and elders and pastors, even growth group leaders, if you see people that come to the altar, if you will pray for them, if you want to be used by God and you want to have this moment not pass you by, come to the altar where the Lord can minister to your heart and give you the mind of Christ. Come to the altar where you and Jesus can just have this moment. Well, you'll know forever that no, Jesus met me and he's here right now and he's doing a work in me and I'm saying yes to it. I'm saying yes to it the altar is a sacred place it's a holy place where we get to come to the Lord and acknowledge his greatness and our need and our desperation for him don't let this moment pass you by don't let what's comfortable don't let your your stomach that's hungry for food right now pass this by if you want the full work of the Lord in your life come to the altar and let him minister to you Come to the altar and let him change you. Come to the altar and let him tell you what it is that he wants to do for you and through you. That you belong to the body of Christ. That you are not an outcast. That you are not far off from God. That you're near. You're in this place. So that means you're near right now. I'm going to pray. And then you can be excused. And we will see you next Sunday for those of you that want to come to the altar look it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what you did last night it doesn't matter what you did this morning Jesus loves you he loves you so much that he gave the hardest gift to give and that was the gift of salvation so he could be with you forever and so Father I thank you this morning God we thank you, we thank you, we thank you I thank you, Lord, for your mercy this morning, God, your mercy that calls us, your mercy and goodness, God, that calls us, Lord. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're not like man. God, even though our fathers love to give good gifts to us, God, you're not like them. You're a good, good father, and you give good gifts to your children. And so, God, I pray right now, Lord, for the mind of Christ in your people. I pray, Lord, that your people would know that you are mighty, that you are strong, that you are capable, that you don't shame them, that you don't look bad on them, God, that you you don't turn your face from them, God, because they didn't get it right the first, second, third, or fourth time. God, I thank you, Lord, that we can come to you over and over and over and over again because it's your good will and your good pleasure to give us good gifts and so god i thank you right now lord that you're stirring in our hearts for what it is that you want to do move how you want to move in our hearts god we get out of the way and we say lord minister god we say freedom god i speak freedom right now lord every person lord has agreed with an inner vow that says that they're disqualified because they're not disqualified because the blood of Jesus has qualified them. God, I thank you right now, Lord, for hearts of repentance, that we would not be prideful, that we would not be selfish people, God. But we would run to the altar quickly, God, to come to you, God, because you're the one that saves our soul. So, Lord, I thank you right now for awakening our hearts. God, I pray right now that we're not unresponsive. God, we want to believe you. We want to see the miracle signs and wonders of the Lord. This morning, I saw my father get baptized. And so, God, I thank you that it was an answered prayer over 40 years, 50 years. God, you're God of impossibilities. You're doing a work in him. And I thank you, Lord, that as he's surrendering his heart to you, he's learning more and more about sonship. He's learning about sonship. He's learning that he's been called by you, that he's been made and created by you for a greater purpose. And God, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for your body. Every person, Lord, that works together, we belong to each other. We serve one another. I thank you, Lord, that we serve one another with love well, that love would be in our hearts that's not about performing in the gifts, but it's about loving one another, enough room to leave gifts for one another so we can celebrate one another and we can pull each other up, God. I pray, Lord, that we have that mind. Our children in our schools need to see the love of God. And so, Lord, I pray in our families, Lord, that we would show how we nurture, foster, and cultivate the gifts of God in our family so our children, God, would know, Jesus, that it's okay if they didn't get it right, that they could still keep coming. Hallelujah! Lord, we love you. We love you. We need you. We're desperate for you. Change us. Hallelujah! In Jesus' name, amen. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.